Hey team, welcome back to the Rhythm Section, brought to you by The Mind Refinery. I'm your host, Kyle Bodanis. This week on the show, we're talking about what to expect from pop music's biggest artists in 2021. We're talking Drake, Kendrick, Beyonce, Rihanna, and a bunch more. Hope you enjoy it. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have time, follow us on social media. And now, here's the show. All right, guys, I'm joined as usual by the man himself, Coburn Blair. Coburn, how's it going? It's going really well. How about you? Uh, pretty good. Lazy weekend. Um, just trying to like shake off what's left of Christmas holidays. You know how it is. You know, you go back and you're just like, Ugh. but yeah, we're doing good. Happy to be talking about the 2021 and the and what it's going to be like. Um, you know, what I mean, putting 2020 behind us. Obviously, a uh, fairly ratchet year. You know, we're going to dive right in with this new year and new music. You know, we're two weeks in. We haven't had really a truly massive release yet. But we're going to talk about some of the bigger releases that are expected for the year. I mean, 2020 was a really good year for music, despite all of, you know, it just generally not being a good year for humanity. So let's see kind of what 2021 has in store for us. So I think the first place to start here is with Drake. Uh, there's been talk of the album Certified Lover Boy coming out for for a bit. I mean, I mean, if we're going by what he said in the press, they mean it should be dropped. In fact, it may even drop as we uh, release this episode. We're, we're doing this a couple weeks in at this point. So first of all, do we think that's going to happen? and Or is this going to be the hip-hop cyberpunk? It was, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. Uh, Drake has been one of the most consistent artists, you know, in his stratosphere for his generation and like you know we got the teaser he put a lot of thought into what's going on he kind of tested his metal a little bit with last year's dark lane de- demo tapes got a, a lay of the land and i think he's going to give us a lot more video kind of work on this we got the really strong single with little dirk uh laugh now cry later so i think he's re- really prepared going into this album is drake still the biggest artist in the world yes next question <laughs> does he have anything left to prove i mean alphonse pierre from pitchfork i mean he was talking about you know the 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 video the, the trailer and all that kind of stuff and he feels he's gearing up for an album that is meant to cement legacy and you know attack that and be big you know does he have anything left to prove and like where if there is a proving ground where does it lie with him it certainly can't be uh from a units moved standpoint so i think with the whole drake does he have anything left to prove is a very kind of reactionary take. And I think a lot of people kind of feel he does, but I think it's very much in the moment and not looking at the canonization of, you know, his bodies of work, the figures and the numbers he smashed and the way he's been able to maintain his relevancy. Cause I think a lot of people are like, well, he doesn't have this. He doesn't have a classic album or, you know, he's not better than these people, but it's like, he has got a classic album. He absolutely has one that has influenced like take care like you know what i mean yeah and i think a lot of people would agree that take care is that album but i think there's a lot of it's just easy with the internet every day to have very you know hot takes and everything there's not a lot lot of room for nuance there's not a lot of room to discuss albums as they are it's more so oh is this album good or is it bad is it hot is it trash and because those are very polarizing statements and everyone can latch onto one of those and really you know kind of go on and on about that and it works better for the internet because it's not you know not enough to say oh well this album had some good stuff it had some weak sides but overall it's going to be you know a really well remembered album i think with drake it's 
he's who else has had this he's entering his what second maybe possibly third decade in this you know kind of coming into the game at, at in 2009 as, as a change he's come from the blog era to when album sales mattered and he was selling albums in that era and now he is you know the undisputed streaming king so i don't think there's really too much left for him to kind of prove i think he might feel that there is and i think you know some fans might argue that like you know he hasn't checked certain boxes but i think you know historically you're gonna be able to look back at his career and and you can't sow any doubt yeah i think it's the problem is he's got a target on his head because he's the biggest artist in the world and i do agree this idea of there being no nuance for what it is this is kind of why and i i think on this list of people we're gonna go through you know you're gonna see that as well because there's some other luminaries on it and i think anything is uh, at this point it would be self-imposed and i think he's probably looking at his legacy because like you can't see the problem is when you start looking at things from a a unit sold and all that kind of situation is that you're not really looking at like okay let's say drake put out the best album of his career but it didn't sell as many albums you know what i mean like it didn't yeah. have the streaming numbers so like how would you, they evaluate how would people they being you know the music press and fans to that extent evaluate that yeah i don't think there's a lot of i think you know this might be a primarily hip-hop thing but the idea of evaluating something you know from a unit's uh, perspective doesn't really make any sense to me and i don't think it's a great way to evaluate art but it's one of the few metrics that we really have to kind of get a consensus of something and i think people especially in this new social media era are really leaning into that in a way that they were doing in the in the you know the post tupac era when he was bragging about his you know platinum records or whatever and, and you know jay-z kind of took that to a further extent and you know Kanye and so on and so forth but it's one of the only like kind of objective meters to measure music in because everything else is just consensus and personal feelings and subjectivity. It's funny too because if Tupac had sold less like units of All Eyes on Me, would that have made it not one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time? I mean, I wouldn't call it one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time, but I, I think I can kind of see some meaning in what you're saying there. Which one are you saying is better than All Eyes on Me? I like where should I start? Like should I go like one to ten or ten to one or twenty five? Do you think you don't think that album ranks? I do not like Tupac. That's as, as okay. a rapper. Okay, so first of all, I first of all I am surprised. Second of all, this was my okay because I was like I was a heavy like into the notorious B.I.G. camp. So for me, he was spitting off. The, I'm like this guy off the cuff kills Tupac, but. I think Tupac with a pen is better. Okay, so you're not making an objective opinion about whether or not All Eyes on Me is one of the best hip-hop albums of all time. I, I'm making an objective opinion on his rhyme schemes and his flows aren't great. And for me, if I'm listening to rap, like I want to hear someone to do it in a way that's, you know, you get the Tupac criticism of uh, Hennessy and Enemies, and that's a lot of what it sounds like to me. Okay, so I partially agree with you. I mean, like, again, I was, I, I had to be, um, I had to grow into Tupac, whereas, like, I was, like, my feet were firmly entrenched in the East Coast sound. For me, I'm not, like, it's not like a, a West Coast or East Coast bias, because Tupac is from New York, Tupac is from Baltimore, and, you know, he, he transplanted himself there. I think as a figure, he's a really important figure, and I know this is a sidetrack in the conversation. That's but fine, that's what we're here for. I, I just don't think, like, you know, like, he did put a lot of albums out and I, I you know i've sat with his music and i just 
don't really understand it from a musical, you know, sphere. Like I understand everything else. And I like, he's, you know, I think he's like an American royalty to me. Like he, he is such a figurehead and like had lived such a crazy life and, and, you know, just seeped in, in American history. But as a rapper, if I'm just evaluating the music, I don't, it doesn't resonate with me. I would say for me, it was just a little bit more of there is like, especially at that time, there's a West Coast sound. There's, it's what I preferred. Uh, was the more of the East Coast situation, sample heavy, uh, the more direct boom bap style. Whereas, um, you know, I wasn't as into, you know, the G-Funk, planet rock, electronic influence stuff. And I kind of grew into that uh, from there. But that's here nor there. Interesting. Interesting to find out stuff you never knew about your co-host and friends. So... Um, here's what I want to do. I want to move on to Pusha T, the opposite of Drake, the anti-Drake, if you will. He's supposed to be putting out an album. Now, the rumor, uh, and not the rumor, is it largely sound from, it's an in, through interviews um, that he's had and conversations he's had. It sounds like Kanye West and the Neptunes are almost completely producing the new Pusha T album. How do we feel about this? I mean... That's kind of like the dream. That's when you, you know, are a fan of the clips and you, you know, recognize their greatness and you are a fan of early Kanye and you recognize his greatness or whatever period Kanye. And this is like kind of what you've always wanted. And, you know, Daytona is really well, well received. It was a great album. Um, so this should be like the album that I think like is the Pusha T solo album that like, you know, maybe Daytona is that album right now, but I think this could overtake that and eclipse it. Yeah, because if you like, if you love clips, then you know what I mean, and and then you love, like it's like the like if you could combine like that more raw energy of the clips with the more, you know, deft production of like Daytona, like you know that's 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 where you want to be. You know what I mean? Like that's it sounds fantastic, and I think that, um, I mean for Pusha T, like I, I it's a lot. I don't think he's restrained by the same ridiculous things that drake is because drake is just so high level and so like pop friendly and you know Pusha t gets to make albums that are defined by their artfulness and their rhymes so i think like Pusha t has some freedom at this kind of no matter what he does he's gonna put an album that's well received and he's not gonna really miss the mark i don't know that he's going to change anything like i think we're gonna you know we kind of know generally what the album that we're gonna get is we're gonna get some death-defying coke rhymes um which is what we want from him yes uh we're gonna get some you know amazing spirited production from the neptunes from kanye some sparseness for me like like i don't know what like what else he has a kind of a similar situation with drake to me are they both we know what we're gonna get from them and we're rarely surprised and i think most of the time depending on what camp you fall in, you're, you know, happy with it. So I wonder, like, you know, is there anything Pusha T could do at this at this point in his career that is going to set him apart or bring his music to a wider audience? Like, you know, is there anything that he can do to, you know, break the mold a little bit? I think for both of these artists, and I mean, Charlemagne the God was saying, you know, for Drake, he feels his season is over. You know what I mean? That I don't know if, if I necessarily believe that just of how, just because of how Drake spikes the vein of, of popular music. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's got, he's got that cheat code for it. Yeah. I feel like that's almost like a, 
of reductionist understanding of, of Drake and, and his influence. And I think that it's easy to kind of do that once, you know, you get to the level of Drake where you're on top for so long and people are kind of like, you know, they give you your two or three or four year run and then they kind of turn on you. You know, the general consensus kind of like spins a little bit. So I think that's where Drake, uh, the place that Drake inhabits in a lot of people's minds to say that like his season is over like doesn't really take into account the sounds that people are doing now and the way that Drake is able to adapt to, to the current climate at any time. And it hasn't really moved past, like like music hasn't really moved past where Drake is. You know what I mean? Like it's and, not and Drake. Yeah. Drake's always moving to where mu- music is. If he ever, yeah. you know, is behind it at any point, like he's quick to kind of fill those gaps. And he's smart with collaborations too. Like he's, he, yeah. he understands who, I mean, like, for example, talking, like, working with Hedy One is an example of that, where he, you know, he he understands music uh, from a higher level. I think with in Pusha T's situation, it's a matter of how experimental, and maybe to Drake to an extent as well, is how experimental are they willing to go with their sound. But then, like, how do you contrast them? Because I think Pusha T's sound, if you go back to the clips, you go back to um, Hell Hath No Fury... And like that sound is super experimental and it still sounds, you know, new and exciting and fresh, even even like, you know, this many years later. I wouldn't say there's a lot of sonic difference, but like I'm not like I'm not I don't mean that in a in a as a like a pejorative. I think that like Pusha T's albums build on have built on top of each other very oh, well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's just about how like when I say experimental is like how are they willing to deviate from the path they're on? Yeah, and I'd say in Pusha T's case, that I'm, I'm I would go firmly no, and in Drake's case, I think because he's experimented so much, you you expect it at this point, so it doesn't really ring off the same. Maybe the first time you heard him do like a UK funky house track, or you know you heard him do a, a drill flow, or you know kind of grime adjacent stuff, like you were kind of you know people were like, oh, what is this? And now you kind of expect him to kind of veer off in all these different ways so i think that part doesn't really excite people in the same way that it used to that is true i i think that people because of his mainstream acceptance don't look at that there is risk taking i think what they do is they use it more as an excuse to make fun of drake if it doesn't work out yeah but the experiment is there you know what i mean like at some point um the ability to just try different things is super fucking important because you can be releasing the same album over and over again like, what do you think Pusha could do to increase his profile, like, outside of this whole Drake beef? Because I think his name, their names are tied together. And it's funny that they're, you know, on this list, like, one after another. Yes. And it's, uh, that wasn't even, well, it was a choice. Because I definitely made that comment coming into it. I think, uh, like, for, for Pusha T, I'm just wondering, what does it look like? Because I still feel, and tell me if this isn't fair, He's a kind of a guy who has one foot still in the streets and one foot in the studio. I think that that's what you get through his music. I don't, I don't know that to be necessarily. Do you think that's tr- a, do you think do you think that's a calculation? Like, I think, I think it's a calculation. I think it's like a look. You know, we saw when his manager went down for you know the major investigation and stuff like that. I think Push T is you know pretty firmly like he's a, he's in the music business and he's good at that and he's also good at recalling things and giving you stories. Um, that still give you that edge and give you that feeling. Then I would say is how is he expanding his narrative is the question. You know and what I, I mean? That's that's the big thing. And I don't think he will. And I don't think necessarily he he needs to. Like I would like to see it, but like you know, we kind of know what Pusha T is, and we know what he brings to the table, and he's really good at that. And I think that's where he feels most comfort at. 
like we've heard not too much, you know, variation from even going back to like 1999's The Funeral to, you know, Daytona. It's been kind of consistent and people like that consistency. And I don't know if there's more like kind of stories or angles for him to tap into that I've heard him like, you know, vary into um, throughout his career. Well, then do you think that the the wider idea for him then is more along this you know running good music type situation like is it more li- does it more lie in business rather than putting out an album every so often i think so like you know him getting into sneakers with adidas and you know he kind of previously had a four-way into clothes with push with a uh, play clothes so i think it'll be more just based on him yeah kind of being like a, a like getting more into the record business and signing new acts and uh, expanding on that side. Because I think the artists who kind of hit a narrative wall understand that. You know what I mean? Like I could see Drake putting out music for much longer, right? Whereas Pusha T, I could see him maybe just moving into more of a business situation because I don't know where, because you were talking about the experimentation with Drake. You know what I mean? He takes risks. He's, he's about embracing new music. Whereas Pusha T feels a little bit more, like, I think from a pure hip-hop standpoint, you know, Pusha T really embraces it. But I also don't think that... I think you can be mired in genre at that point. Yeah, but I think there's a form of hip-hop listener and fan, uh, you know, even aligned with those kind of purists that really appreciate that. And, you know, we kind of look to, like, a Freddie Gibbs, and I would kind of put them side-by-side side a little bit in um, genre and in, like, tone and timber. And I think that we could get like, you know, Pusha T kind of aging up. Like he's he's already up there, right? He must be what, early 40s or mid 40s or something like that. So I think we're going to kind of see him, you know, give us, start to give us kind of one verse or two verse a year or maybe kind of give some more reflections on his time um, as we kind of, he ages out a little bit. I want to talk about Lana Del Rey. Uh, needless to say, 2020 was an interesting year for Lana. She said some dumb shit and got in some heat. Meanwhile, her album Chemtrails Over the Country Club was due to drop, but was delayed because of COVID. And then since then, she said it's March uh, 2021 is looking at, you know, is the supposed time it's supposed to be coming out. First off, uh, do you think that the idea of COVID being an issue was an excuse and that she just or she wanted to like distance herself from the comments? With the internet, people kind of harp on something for one day or, you know, you know, a couple of days or sometimes it follows you around for months. I think if you can kind of get out of that, you can avoid those narratives. And like, yes, it'll come back to haunt her a little bit and people will still get some jokes off at her expense. But she just created enough of a gap between her comments and what people were saying about her you know, partner um, and whatever. And when she drops this music. So I think it'll be it'll have enough space for her. I just wonder, like, you know, she hasn't really had the same impact, I don't think, in, in a long time. Well, that's the big thing is, like, I don't really know where she... Like, I think she's kind of a mercurial artist as it is anyways. So, like, I kind of don't understand where she fits into the pop music landscape as it is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if... I'm always wondering why people make albums, especially in... Like, it's more genre-specifically, like, hip-hop. I always wonder why people are still making albums when they apparently, you know, when they clearly want to be getting out into the more business situation, like, that kind of thing. But, like, with her, it's more like, where is she fitting in popular music? And how does she 
fit and like what is her goal with putting out albums is it to just be still relevant or is it like artistic expression so you know i mean like i I, that for me is kind of what i'm always thinking with her i don't know what the end game is i don't know what the point is because for a lot of these people it's not just about like i gotta put an album for the sake of expression it's more like this is what i do so i put out albums you know what i mean well, I would say like you know Norman Norman fucking Rockwell in twenty nineteen was I thought it was a f- fantastic album and I found found it, was it to good. be like a return to form for her like it reminded me of like you know Born to Die and and like her earlier stuff so I could see if she could kind of deliver at that level again but she's also like I can kind of see Taylor Swift wading into some of her her space that she occupied in sonically on on like um between her two albums so I wonder how she kind of returns and what kind of what she's going to play with stylistically because she's always been really good at the americana and you know using pop as a lens to explore americana and i think we're seeing taylor wade into that water a little bit yeah it's just like a difference like i feel with taylor swift there's a romanticism you know what i mean which can manifest itself as sadness or whatever with lana del rey it feels like a little bit more rooted in cynicism you know what i mean yeah, it's like cynicism and like melancholy a lot. Yeah, which is funny because there's a through line between the two uh, via Jack Antonoff, which is interesting. So I'm like wondering, is Jack Antonoff setting himself up for another big year? Because although, you know, Aaron Desmer um, was on, you know, Folklore and Evermore, uh, Jack Antonoff was still a part of it. And I'm wondering, you know, is he I mean, this guy's always in the mix. Yeah, he's always he's always kind of around, right? Yeah, which is why I think that, you know, inevitably if if he's involved it will have enough pop sensibility to hang around you know in the conversation yeah and i think like you have those kind of backline producers who are um not really in the eyes of fans and so you have to kind of know music to kind of follow their careers but they can have like really quiet influences on the way pop music goes and i think he's kind of going to be one of those people but do you like do you think he's going to get like he's going to do his own stuff next year or you think Taylor will drop more? Because I think Taylor's going to give us a break for, for a good amount of time at this point. Rumors of a third one of those albums coming out, although it's been denied, I feel like she may give you a break. I just like, as again, with Taylor Swift, I, I just wonder, I just want to make sure it's, not even make sure, because that's not fair. She's allowed to do whatever the fuck she wants. I love the music she's making right now. And if that's two albums uh, that exist in that uh, bubble or era if you will then cool because they're objectively great and i will always listen to them um i mean i don't know is jack antonoff gonna get into like i taylor swift is probably gonna end up taking a break i'm surprised she released that much music anyways in such a short period of time but i mean she also at the same time had a lot of time to do it so jack antonoff i don't know when this guy is going to start getting back into his own stuff but i mean he's a talent and i think that um in terms of the way pop music plays out per year jack antonoff generally has a say in the overall discussion yeah and i think it'll continue for for a while like that i want to talk about war on drugs uh the war on drugs first of all one of my personal favorite bands they're fantastic uh they've been called one of the greatest bands of the 2010s, if not, and the best live band of a generation. However, in an interview with Stereogum, Adam Granducial, uh, who's the lead singer, said that he felt the album was like 80% done over the pandemic, but like when he looked at it, he kind of realized it's only 40% done. 
So he says one should be dropping this year, and he says there's actually going to be enough music to probably add another non-war on drugs project to it. Is music yearning for a big rock album? Because it feels like we haven't had one in forever. Yeah, I think that like there's always space for that. Um, would you say, you know, what would you say was the biggest rock album we got last year? The Flaming Lips album. Oh, well, I yeah. mean, I enjoy like the Bob Dylan album was like objectively a great pe- like great music, but like I it just wasn't for me. But I, I mean, that's I think what people would say. I mean, if you're calling that rock, that would be um, the one that was higher up on the list last year. The uh, the Flaming Lips, um, American Head. That album was another one that people you know were talking about that reviewed well. That was one of the more legacy alternative bands, if you will that put out music and it was objectively really really good but i i'm wondering if one of the more modern heavyweights coming out and wonder what that's going to be like um war on drugs being probably one of the biggest ones uh around uh currently so i mean i'd be really interested in seeing what comes out and i do think we're yearning for you know a really good rock album because i just don't think one is like i think good albums have come out and all that kind of stuff but i just don't i, I like i'm talking about Arcade Fire is supposed to put out an album this year, too. It'd be yeah. really awesome if they put out a great album. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of band I'm talking about. Where when they release something, it's notable, and everyone has to pay attention to what it is. And there's less of those in music today, obviously. Did you... I can't remember if you... Did you listen to the Coldplay album last year? Uh, No, I didn't listen to the Coldplay album last year. Can I be honest what? with you? Yes, are you going to tell me you don't like Coldplay? I'm going to tell you I like <laughs> I'm going to tell you I like one I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tell you I like one Coldplay album. And it's is a, it, is a, it a, a rush to blood a rush of blood to the head or It, it is. Okay, it's, perfect. It's, like so that that's, album That's a good that's a good pick. That's an all-time like that album you, you, people can at me all they want. I mean even the first album too. It's just like Okay, what I what I liked is about the first Coldplay album is that they were like Chris Martin was like he was talking about Yellow and he was like I was just trying to make a My Bloody Valentine song, and I'm like, yeah. I, I like that. I like that he just admitted what it was, so I think that album has some... The problem is those albums were released, like, they're, it's kind of a, like, post-Britpop or a tail end of Britpop, post-Britpop situation. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the first two albums, like, A Rush of Blood to the Head is objectively a great album, and it's an all-time album, and if you look at, if you were to talk about the best releases of that time period, that's among them. So yeah. uh, subsequently, I've listened. The only the last one was the only one I haven't listened to. I think that's been a while, and I brought up Coldplay just to say, like you know, to have those bands that are like the band of the moment. Yeah, like Coldplay and, when they were dropping albums would like that, like those were big albums, right? Because like I, I wouldn't call. Would you call Imagine Dragons like the band of the moment? No, they're at, too shitty. Anytime? Yeah, like they're. I don't know. Like they're just like not. I don't know. I'm not listening to them, and I know. I guess a lot of people are because they're selling probably a lot of music, but. I just there's been a while since there's been a band that like you everyone can kind of point to and be like we all like this and we all enjoy this and I can't think of who it was last like recently yeah I, I mean I for me it's it's really it's kind of war on drugs because like their 2017 album critically acclaimed did very well um it's kind of what cemented them you know that that band of the decade type situation and like again the arcade fire is about to release an album they're not that anymore you know what i mean yeah it'd be great if they put out good music but i mean even with war on drugs like their last album was in 2017 so in terms of 
like if you're a fan it's going to be good but in terms of like it being like they're the last opportunity i think now unless some other band was to come back or something a notable band to drop an album coming up next year unless radiohead has one fucking planned or something but even then theirs is more they more i feel like bands they what that happens is bands or hip-hop artists or anybody like that what it happens like talib quietly would be an example when they put out music it's you're doing it for your fans right you're not doing yeah. it to ex for it's not an imperialist move it's more like you have fans you love your fans you love making music you're making stuff for your fans and hopefully you pick up some new people along the way yeah it's very like core audience at that level right when you've done the thing you've made the the music to connect you've kind of hit your peak and then you kind of start rolling the other way down the hill where it's hey you know the tours are starting to get smaller you know you might put out one more album that gets a little bit of critical acclaim but i think the critics kind of start leaving you at that point and then you're just making music for your core audience and touring for your core audience and you can kind of like kick back at that point because you've done the things that there were to do Yes, I fear that War on Drugs has, is moving into that because even though, like, you need to be putting out music on a regular basis now. It's like, there's not too many artists that are above it, so I worry that they have now moved into that realm where they're just putting it out and it's for their fans and there's no expansion from there. But that can be an inevitability, so... I, would you would you not say that rock is one of the genres that like you know well it's not at the forefront right now it's one of the genres that you know you're afforded more time to between releases it's not like pop where you need to be constantly like hitting kids over the face with it or you know doing tiktoks or whatever like rock is a genre that i think like it deserves time it deserves like space and you know you're not harping to get like new albums from people because like people i think still kind of expect like time to be taken between albums uh, well i think that's a good point in fact that's kind of in my head why i started talking then i stopped and was like well this but like you know like because in my head i'm like i'm wondering i'm asking myself the question has hip-hop and its dominance at the top changed the way we perceive the the, the rock music cycle so now Am I just because remember back in the day bands used to release stuff all the time. Led Zeppelin released three albums in like fucking fourteen months. Yeah, like Zeppelin one, two, and three came all fucking out, right? So like this like that's also a product of the time too, right? Like one hundred percent. Like you're oh, like absolutely. fast life, you know, on the road doing shows, like you know, yeah. getting to it. You're feeling the magic, and you kind of kind of like. But this is kind of what I'm playing with is like is like so I'm in my head I'm like back in the day they used to do that all the time but then as it moved forward they did that less. So in my like I think that is that in is the default opinion for me what you're saying that yes there's a perception that it takes longer but I'm just wondering from like a social and artistic point of view if people are getting a little bit more like restless and ADD about it. I think it's it's not just hip hop's influence cuz I think it's just the time period of now like it's very much an attention span economy so if you're not retaining attention and you're not and you're like a legacy band you're fine but if you're not a legacy band you're working every second to chip away to get some real estate so then you can kind of establish yourself and yes and i'm gonna in the yes you're completely correct it's not a hip-hop thing i'm in my it's a content thing it's this idea of content now and how often content has to come out so like that's that's for me what it is now that i really really look at it yeah because that's we're just 
everything is driven by content. Everything is content now. Like content is king. Um, it's the way that we brands look at things. It's the way that like you know we engage with advertisers. We engage with social media. We engage with our friends. Like everything is driven by you know putting out content. Like that's what even like Spotify is kind of geared toward towards that. With it's the it's the fucking it's the the main line. You know what I mean? That's yeah, how they like, mainline music right into your veins. Yeah, like how many monthly listeners does this band have? How does that? What does that say about them? How much you know? All the numbers are upfront to hear and to see, um, and that that kind of gives you you assign value through that. So how that culture affects a band like War on Drugs? I mean, we've seen it in the two thousands. I think it's only ramping up more in the two thousand tens. I mean, we've seen it every year uh, since really social media and even and especially with the music industry since streaming has. Uh, really kind of push it forward so we'll see how that works um i want to talk about rihanna so rihanna to me doesn't seem overly concerned about rushing an album out um she put out some feelers with that party next door joint believe it uh i think it was for party next door mobile uh she said she was working on a reggae album but nothing has materialized or you know updated yet like there's no understanding of when this may when whatever may come out i mean do you think her headspace is more fixated on the business endeavors. She seems like someone that she's that for a prime candidate for that. Yeah, I think so. Like, you know, she's reached her heights. She is one of the biggest pop stars on the planet. Um, she's now, you know, firmly in with Fenty. She has a skincare line. She has a high tier fashion line. She's jet setting. You know, she pops up on camera every once in a while. I like the idea of her returning to music. She's had a very interesting career and she has just kind of leveled up every single time, um, you know, from the rated R era. Um, I'm excited for her to put out new music. I get it. Like I get the press ring for new music from her or whatever the meme might be about her releasing new music, but I'm not like breaking my neck over it. Like it's going to come when it's going to come and there's not really too much more that you can say at that point, at least to me. Like, it just doesn't... Listen, she puts out good albums. Like, she's great, and she's, you know, been high up in the pop music situation. It just... One, her dropping an album at this point isn't, like, an event anymore. Like, she's not Taylor Swift or Beyonce. Or you don't think so? Like that. No, no, she's... I I think I she's definitely there, a hundred percent. I don't. I definitely don't think she's at the Beyonce level. Like Beyonce she's, putting out an album is. If if she's not, I think this album's gonna be bigger than a Beyonce release because Re has her hardcore stance too, and I'd say she's firmly in between both those artists because she, like, her last album was such a huge moment. She put so much into visuals. She, you know, is in the acting. She is everywhere. And I think this album is going to be a huge moment. Like the internet's going to shut down because the internet shuts down when Rihanna does anything. I will concede the positioning. I will not concede on what the new album is going to be like. I think that, I think it's, it's, there's too wishy, there's too much wishy wash with it. Like, okay, here's the question. Do you think that if it were to happen, it's going to be a surprise release or it's something she ramps up on? That you, I can't really tell you that. Um, I don't know. I think she will kind of just drop it. I don't know if she's going to drop it with a video or do like a whole movie. Like I, she could do any of those type things. Cause like, that's what level her artistic kind of like tastes is and her merit. So I think we're going to, I think 
I'm kind of assuming we'll get a, a, a surprise album from her because of all the anticipation build up. So I think she's just going to drop it one day and everyone's going to just freak out. I think that would be the smart move. Yeah, like either way, if she leads into it with a single, like that single is going to be everywhere. You're not going to be able to escape it, especially her playing with Caribbean Sounds, you know, working with Party, um, working with like a few different acts from from across the from the islands like she i think coffee's coffee's writing on there or coffee's gonna be featured so i'm i'm just super excited for whatever this is gonna be because i think it's gonna be pretty inescapable see i think given what she's trying to do i mean like because the like hearing from multiple sources that she's you know really playing with island stuff and and reggae i think what she has the opportunity to do is release to her best album I think I from think, an artistic standpoint. Yeah, I think she could really go lean heavy into her roots and play with those sounds and kind of take it, elevate it from, you know, where dance halls kind of been at and been viewed um, lately. I think, like you know, she has the ability to make an album that kind of signals return and like is going to elevate the people who are featured on it. Like I think you know, Coffee's already a rising star, but you know, depending on you know how much writing she does or how much she's on it you know, how much parties on it, how much uh, writing he does. Like, it's going to really set the tone. I want to talk about, let's go right into Beyonce then. Okay. Just because we were talking about it. So Beyonce, and I think, and as I'm playing with your, what you were saying, I'm wondering if the terrible, and I don't know if you're going to call it terrible, but the J, the Carter's album, the Jay-Z, the last thing she did, I, I mean, it just was boring. I think yeah um that may have taken the a little a little of the sheen off maybe not I like I think maybe a little bit like that I think I wouldn't say it's a terrible album I would just say it's pretty forgettable and it's not really you know like the video work behind it was good there's like a few songs but it's mostly like I don't hear people talking about it too much and with Beyonce everyone kind of blames Jay-Z for that which I think is hilarious but like I think you got to talk about Homecoming which you know, came out in 2019 on Netflix and was just like a phenomenal piece of art. Like a live album uh, dropped with it. She has a $60 million deal with Netflix to do three different projects. I think we're going to see two, uh, one, if not two of those projects this year. Then she kind of goes into the Lion King era, does the Lion King soundtrack, which I thought was phenomenal. Like the gift, she starts playing with, you know, Afrobeat, different artists from the continent. They and, really made it good. Like they really, yeah, like, they could have, they could have done, like they could have tried to just do this, like kind of whitewashed Tim Cook and Elton, but they just went right to, um, you know, playing with African music and 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 just really going for it. And I think it was really good. Uh, just what they were, it's like the soundtrack was fantastic. And then we got Black is King, and that was another, you know, a great body of work. And she, you know somehow did that with Disney in spite of having this Netflix deal. And, you know, she has all these people involved in it, different, like, artists, American, African, like a musical film, like a visual album. And that, you know, takes up a lot of, like, people are really excited about it. You know, it's based on what she did with, with The Lion King. And I think it's, like, another, like, level where, like, you no, know, she's – a filmmaker now like she has elevated herself so much and like has done so many great bodies of work that this is just like another notch in it i think her challenge is going to be is following up how good lemonade was because for me that is 
head and shoulders better than anything she's ever not that anything she's done is not before like her body of work is fantastic but i felt that album was just so fucking good just who she had on it the songs the sonic exploration like more like experimenting herself and really kind of just being so like candid and vulnerable with the the music in it like for me i'm like that this is an all-time this is this is an all-time great album we're gonna look at this album in hindsight as something very special yeah i think i think so i think like she could she's gonna get up there again so yeah i think she can kind of return to that like you know we've watched her do this so so much since then so this is the best this is the for me this is the best beyonce period that we're in right now the era we're in you say yes i mean yeah it's like she's she's someone who has like had a lot of really great eras so like yeah like she's kind of reinvented herself three or four times but like just her her art her like the visuals that accompany everything like the lemonade visuals were amazing so yeah i'm excited for where she wants to go next one of the big ones on that's out there right now is is frank ocean last seen in 2016 there's uh, there's talk that he's going to put out more there's talk that he's going to put out more work there's talk about what's going to happen but everything is very tight-lipped in the frank ocean camp but frank ocean is one of our great artists we totally need him to put out some stuff yeah i, I don't doubt that we'll see something from him this year he is another artist who you know has come into music established himself I wouldn't say quickly because, you know, it took years for him to get to where he was. He is treasured in people's hearts. He gave us, you know, kind of two albums in 2016 and then kind of blinked out. And then we got, like, I think a couple features since then. Like, he gave us that visual album, Endless, which I still kind of haven't heard the whole thing of. But I would love for another Frank Ocean album this year. And I, I like that he's afforded himself space. Like, he's not all online on Instagram or Twitter. Like, he kind of pops in when he needs to. He really controls his output, and that's something I appreciate about him. So like, I think he's going to take his time, and he's going to deliver us another really great project. And I think he's going to just hit those levels, and it's going to be another album that like is really treasured and remembered from him. Everything he does turns to gold. I mean, like he's just his taste and um, what he's and how he's able to like manifest it. I I'm never not impressed at the things he does, and I think it's funny because he kind of issues all this you know that we're talking about today just about like you got to put albums out fast you know what i mean there's attention spans and this kind of thing and still if he drops it it would be it would end inevitably one of the biggest releases of the entire year yeah like it's almost like he can do no wrong i know some some people kind of split on how they feel about blonde or or you know channel orange or they kind of pick and choose but he is undoubtedly one of the best writers of, of this era. He's undoubtedly, you know, one of his most creative thinkers. And he also, I like that he's like very anti this this era, right? He's not doing the things that you're supposed to do within this era. He's not giving us like, you know, 10 features a year. And you could kind of compare him, you know, to The weekend in a lot of ways because they kind of entered in the public consciousness at the same time, but they've gone very different ways where The weekend's still maintaining a level of creativity. But Frank Ocean has become kind of more mysterious than how, like, you know, how The weekend was when we were introduced to him. So I think that's that's a really interesting thing, too, because, like, Frank Ocean just pops up, like, and does these shows, and people are like, oh, like, he's wearing headphones, he's, like, you know, not giving you exactly what you thought you'd get from a show, but people are just losing their minds over it. What about Top Dog Entertainment? So I think Top Dog is really interesting. 
because we've heard murmurs from the camp of unhappiness for I think the last two or maybe even three years. We know SZA was kind of like trying to get her albums out and you know every time a rumor kind of goes flying they kind of squash it really fast. We had Dave Free who's Kendrick's day-to-day man or manager I believe leave Top Dog. He was I think a VP there or something like that and they've created PG Lang. I think it's with Warner if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I believe Georgia Smith and Kendrick's cousin, Baby Keem, are signed there. So there's like a little bit of a rupture. People were, were wondering if Kendrick was going to go there. They also like quashed those rumors. I think that was maybe in uh, September that was kind of going around of 2020. So we've had Absol has said that he's going to put an album out this year. People have been um, expecting an album from Isaiah Rashad for a long time. I don't think I think he's another one where it's like he hasn't put an album out in a long time not for a bit yeah so it's gonna be interesting to see because i think for a long time people would have called them the premier hip-hop label um and now we're kind of looking at it like okay where is isaiah rashad you know are we gonna get new schoolboy q this year how how are they gonna stack their releases because they have a lot to put out this year i would say and it can get contentious with releases too just in terms of like where publicity is going and all this kind of stuff you know what i mean and like where the labels efforts are i know good music experiences that for sure like for yeah. example tiana taylor's music not often is discussed as not um you know getting the, atten- the attention of its own label i wonder about that right like how are we going to space them out is like you know is abs hole going to get priority this year is he going to kind of ascend but i think he's also a very niche artist i would love I really want an album from Isaiah Rashad this year. He's really good. Like his stuff is absolutely fantastic. Super talented. And then so we got just got a, a single from SZA. So it looks like she's in an album cycle. And then Kendrick. And I wonder how Kendrick's gonna kind of figure into this equation and how what he's gonna kind of deliver this year because he's another one who's been what since twenty seventeen his last like album and then he did the Black Panther soundtrack. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk Kendrick Lamar. Given the times and what's going on in the world, it kind of feels like we need a Kendrick Lamar out. Like, for me, what I love about Kendrick Lamar is he doesn't seem to be an artist who's weighed down by industry pressures or the need for sales. Like, everything he does seems to be an artistic statement with, obviously, thought it put into it from a business standpoint. But, I mean, like, To Pimp a Butterfly is a completely unconventional hip-hop record. that really So, like, there was guts in putting that out, you know what I mean? And I like that that's what his kind of... Yeah, I, I I wonder, like, with Kendrick, like, you know, do you think he'll kind of come out of nowhere and do it? Do you think he'll give us, like, a, a album rollout and some singles and stuff? He's also someone who just doesn't have anything left to prove, right? Yeah, at this point, I, and I don't know what this weighs into his head, but um, for him now, it's about, like, where can I take art and, like, where, in terms of the GOATS conversation, am I going to live? You know, I, I think and I don't even know if that's something that weighs on him, but that is definitely the narrative that kind of surrounds him just because, I mean, people have prolifically called him to uh, compare him to Tupac, which I don't think is a fair comparison. I'm sure that will make your eye twitch because I think he's just a far better storyteller, which you can at me about that. But like, I think he has the chance to be one of the greatest of all time. If not, he already is. Yeah, I think he's. Like, without a doubt, you know, one of the best, you know, top three of this era. What are those top three? I mean, 
I, like we can we can have a separate podcast so I can I can get out my top three. But I I think quickly if I had to do it, I'd probably do Drake, Kendrick. Um, I don't know if we're gonna consider them same era. Maybe I would do Kanye if we're gonna consider that that an era, or if we're gonna go to a different era. You know, you might put Travis up there. Maybe not on the bar side, but just in terms of like impact in this era. There's a few different people I'd I'd probably want to think of for, for my top three. Okay, I just there. I just wanted to get that out just because we were uh, we were talking about it. I think he needs to put out an album. I, we got to hear it. You know what I mean? Like th- yeah. like this guy is fucking like he's one of the you know and you don't like assessing these hot button terms but he's definitely the voice of a generation of you know of people and i i think that people look to him and what he's doing as uh, you know an important reflection of what's going on and his music is just on another level even if you didn't like damn i mean like what did you think about damn 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 i liked i liked damn i thought it was good uh, I liked it better than To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, it's more accessible. So thought, it's absolutely more yeah. accessible. So I think I enjoyed the accessibility a little bit more. Like, Good Kid, Mad City is undoubtedly, like, you know, one of my favorites. Mm. Probably one of my favorite albums ever. But yeah, I think Damn was, it was like, it was a great album. You know, he is someone who kind of always, like, reinvents himself a little bit. I think from what I've heard, from the rumors were that this album was going to be, like, the rock based album interesting which i think would would be interesting for him to kind of play with those elements on there because you know undoubtedly good kid man city is a g-funk album yeah you know to pimp a butterfly is more jazz influence damn i don't know exactly how, how i would nail down the influence for that i don't know what, what would you say for, how would you describe for that damn album? that's more of a i mean it's kind of a straight up pop record to be like the way it's crafted like, yeah the way it's crafted you know what i mean like it's very yeah, it's a lot more yeah it's like that those kind of like like songs like humble and dna like these are especially uh humble like it's a banger you know what i mean like it has yeah. swagger and it's really i think what happened was is that you know he made that g-funk album that quintessential west coast sounding album with good kid mad city which is understandable because that's about him growing up so he probably would want to immerse it in the, especially, you know, Dre's involvement in the sounds of his youth, you know, from a form equals content kind of. To Pippa Butterfly is a jazz record, you know what I mean? Like uh, the hip hop equivalent of a jazz record with a couple songs in there that, you know, you could you could get in there, you know, um, like King Kunta, like songs that are a little bit would consider a little bit more radio friendly bangers, what you will. But um, I think with Damn, I think it was a it was a reaction to his own album that he put out was a little bit more abstract so he wanted to do something a little bit more straight up with some swagger which is totally cool right and play with sounds that are less um definitively west coast if you will next i want to get into your favorite rapper j cole j cole so we've seen him in the studio now and he's announced the fall off um for a while now he gave us, I think, a couple of weeks ago, he wrote down three albums and the fall off being the third. And we don't know if they're albums or they're singles or whatever. Um, I think he teased that on Instagram. Um, so it looks like he has like a plan for what he wants to do this year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of where he goes and what he um, kind of turns into and you know where he's at in his career and what he's going to give us 
I'm going to ask a couple of questions here. One, you you often skirt this question. Do you hate J. Cole? No, I don't hate J. Cole. <laughs> um, like, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy J. Cole's, like, place in the game. Do I want to listen to his albums? That's a different question. Like, I, I get it. I get him. You know, he's doing something. He's also someone who's in a tricky position because he exists in this weird era where he's between a, a, a Kendrick and a Drake. And Drake Cole does the, the girls' records. Drake is better at doing those records. He tries to do the deep records. Kendrick is better at doing the deep records. He's not my favorite producer. I don't think he's the best producer. I, I don't think he should be producing all his own music. But... He, you know, is in this niche where he's heavily debated. He is, people are always wondering if he has a classic album or if it's a classic in him. I would say he doesn't have a classic record yet. He's an important figure. He's, you know, someone I respect. I don't think he is the best rapper of his, his contemporaries. You know, he's just kind of there. He's just Jake Cole. I think for me, in terms of like where he is with his contemporaries, he's probably a better spitter like just spitting like he doesn't have the artfulness of kendrick lamar like in terms of what he's saying like what kendrick lamar like kendrick lamar uses like every word for him is you know it's it's dipped in expression but he can't write pop song like drake can but in terms of his technical rapping ability he can weave in and out probably up there with the better ones but it's not it, but it, it's like, what is the substance to it? And that would be the issue for me. And that's why he doesn't have a classic album yet. Yeah, like, and I kind of, you know, every album I see from J. Cole, I'm like, oh, maybe this is the one. Like, I was like, okay, you know, maybe 2014's uh, Forest Hill Drive is going to be the, the album. Or maybe it's going to be, you know, whatever the surprise album after that was. Or maybe it's going to be K.O.T. Like, and I keep kind of coming to him and like hoping for something and kind of walking away disappointed. He's never really just had that X factor to me that like, I'm like, oh, this is why I need J. Cole or need to like go back. Like, I don't find myself revisiting his music too often. And like, I, he's someone I really want to like. He's a rapper that I'm like, oh, I really think I, I want to be like a fan of this person. And I never really get there. Because I feel like if he said super dope shit, you know what I mean? Like if like with his... Like, with the speed and his ability, like, there's no stopping him. You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. whereas like, when you... I want to tell... I want you to tell me anybody, tell me what the emotional impact of J. Cole's music is. That, for me, is, like, how you would define it. Yeah, and I think, too, like, if he was clearly, you know, the head of the pack or, like, you know like really good in his class i think that would not be there wouldn't be as much debate around no him. there wouldn't be because he's technically good if he's because people because drake like the people's assault on drake as just like a straight-up rapper is that he's not like a technically like gifted rapper in the traditional sense um but he i would say more with drake it's 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 kind of like he does too much like he gives us too many different sides of him and he doesn't yeah. like he's never given people like the rap album they want from him yeah and then when he kind of did the rap album then the, the ghostwriting allegations came out so like that kind of changed the conversation on him it's always kind of like he's they kind of want to pitch him as an outsider even though he's not well yeah and, he's definitely you know, not a, like this, I, I, but i think the i think that the, the i you know the the marker has moved in terms yeah. of that discussion right because like 
all those people who are trying to say that are judging Drake from a traditional hip hop sense, right? From a traditional mm-hmm. rap sense. But now that like it, this isn't the mid '90s anymore, or even the early 2000s, like rap has ascended to the top of popular music. So now it's yeah. it's, it's it's about his viability as pop, right? And 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 Drake is part of that ascension. You know what I mean? So there's not really like for me, you can't really debate about it. It's just the things that people say is like is Drake a better rapper than Ghostface Killer? You know what I mean? Like those are the kind of questions yeah. that like people and it's like no, but that's not what he's supposed to be. Yeah, it's not like it's like people people have too many big ideas about Drake and they kind of want to like find, you know, the Jay-Zs or whoever it is and be like, "Well, he's not them, so he's not good." But it's like he's far beyond so many people in rap and he is really technically and really skilled rapper and he's given us enough songs that we can kind of yeah. agree on that. So I think the debate with Drake is a little bit different. I think with Kendrick, it's like, is he palatable to the most amount of people? Mm-hmm. And I think people kind of like, you know, you have an album like The Pimp a Butterfly and he's doing really high concept art stuff. Sometimes he does the voices. And so people kind of want to write him off for that. Where I think from Cole, it's more, his fans are saying that he is the best, but the consensus is that he is, you know, boring or he's not quite there. And I think a lot of it is just in the way that he works because he just really works in a very like singular focused minded thing mm-hmm. where it's like I did it all myself. And I think it's just so insular where like you need other ideas, you need other producers, you need other people kind of coming in the room and, and bring you fresh, fresh stuff because like, yes, you can make great works by yourself. And I think there's something like it's like a bit of a bragging behind that. But I don't think you make the best quality of, of work alone. No, like the like even like even if you're looking at someone like look at Kanye West he's the o two the hip hop o tour, and he's bringing in that that's the strength you know what I mean yeah he acts as a band leader rather than just a rapper, which is why, that's why guys like Prince are good, you know what I mean and that's why I would say about like Cole because like I think Dream the Dreamville project like with him at the helm was one of my favorite projects yeah it's really great and, and it's like it's. Like, there's flashes, there's so much brilliance on there, and there's flashes of brilliance from him. So I think, like, if he kind of works in that, like, way, he could do so much more and reach such a bigger audience. Well, he needs that. Like, he needs what G.I.D. and, like, Cuz and, like, Baz have, which is J. Cole. J. Cole needs his guy. You know what I mean? He yeah. needs his guy or girl, the person that uh, helps bring the best um, out of them. And then, in turn, that would help him bring out even more stuff from... The, the the you know the individuals you know what I mean the people who are part of Dreamville because those Dreamville albums I fucking love and also the individual Dreamville albums like like I love Baz his albums are fucking fantastic I love Cause um like GID same idea like there's Earth Gang Earth like, Gang like there's they're so good I think there's like a, a you know conversation to be had about J Cole as a label head and then it's like you know obviously with um Ibrahim his uh, manager but like that might be the the great hip-hop label that we're all looking for. You know, Ari Lennox, like, Cause, yeah. Boz, Dreamville, um, like, J.I.D., like, even bringing guys like Saba into the, in, like, in on albums, mm-hmm. like, Buddy, we got some good, good work from, like, just tons of people, like, involved, and it just works really well, and, like, they're kind of tapping the right people, and we need more of that from J. Cole on an album. Yeah, because I think that's what his natural gift is, because people, like, the amount... Regardless of what people say, the amount of respect he carries 
is very high. Yeah. Um, he's 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 like a very much a man of the people. Like he is, you know, he did the Dollar and a Dream shows. He was showing up to fans' houses. He built such a narrative. He connects with his audience at such a high level that, like, you know, we're not getting from a Kendrick necessarily. We're not going to get that from Drake. Like, there's something, you know, to be said. Like J Cole riding around New York on his bike, or J Cole like out at protests, like marching with people. Mm-hmm. You know, not focusing it on himself not centering himself but just quietly being there and being important so you know jake hole is a great artist i just don't i think that like you know there's more to, to be heard from him and i think he could be someone who matures into a better artist than he is now absolutely also like just dreamville's roster i mean the pure spitters on it you know what i mean like just the level of rapping that takes place on it in a modern context uh you know the modern look at at hip-hop um i mean the only other one for me that really where all the rappers are this good is like griselda yeah i would say i would say so too right like and i think for a lot of time like tde was in that conversation but i think we're watching like these kind of like minor tiffs or label struggles or whatever and we're kind of questioning it we're like it would, like imagine like we got that TDE album that like you no know, TDE gave us that Dreamville album like imagine how that, oh my God, good that, that would, would be. be and they got like they have and there's a lot of diversity on the album too from a musical on with them TDE uh, yeah. from a from a musical sense you know SZA brings things and Isaiah Rashad brings things and um, I completely agree absolutely that would that would be pretty incredible like even a Black Hippie album like imagine we got that Black Hippie album that we've been promised yeah yeah so no absolutely that'd be fucking amazing. I want to talk Travis Scott talks of utopia uh, coming out. Where do you think he is going into 2021? He is the biggest brand ever. Like if you want to sell something, go through Travis Scott and he'll find a way to sell it. He has, you know, almost surpassed art in that way where it's like he's doing brand deals with McDonald's. You know, he's selling pillows. He is selling, like, he has a new liquor company coming out. He, you know, PS5, like, Nike, like, whatever it is, just put Travis Scott in it and then put it on the internet and he will sell you Fortnite. Like, he'll do, like, he is just a brand through and through and that makes him hard to touch. And then on the music side of things, he is really good at orchestrating and putting together sonic landscapes in a way that I don't think a lot of people can do. Yeah, I mean, his talent is undeniable. And do you think he's a future hip-hop billionaire? I think, yeah. I think he's, like, he. that's probably what his focus is. He's trying to find a way to get to a, a billion, and he's going to get there because, like, he has the rabid fan base. He, you know, gives back to them. He does his shows. He, he always is selling something, like... There's no, and like, I don't think he, like, he's not like, I don't want to say this in a disrespectful way, but he doesn't really stand for anything in any like measurable way. So he's kind of like just this blank slate that really works to, to kind of, you know, express anything through. He's not too risque, but he's also a little bit like, you know, edgy. So he just like really works to kind of do that. And like, that's what is going to make him probably a billionaire. Do you think he ever says Republicans buy McDonald's too? I mean, probably not in so many words, <laughs> but he probably would say like, let the Republicans rage too. Like, they, they, everyone wants to rage. Okay. So, uh, 
one of our final ones we're getting into is Adele. Um, she sells so many albums, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, she's one of the best-selling artists of the last decade. Uh, when she's clicking, she's shattering records 21 non-consecutive weeks at number one uh, for 19, 25, 21 sold fucking like crazy. It's a 21. I can't remember the name of the damn record. Uh, she, yeah. Ton of hardware. Uh, she got a thank you letter from the goddamn prime minister uh, for the economic contribution that her albums would bring. Like, for me, like, I feel like anything she puts out, if you're judging it from a statistical point of view, will be a disappointment because I don't think she can sell that much anymore. I could be completely wrong because it's just not because she is not talented enough, but just because those numbers are so insane how you can't possibly always do those numbers. Oh, no, she's going to do those numbers because, like, her fan base still buys CDs. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where they find CDs, but they buy CDs and she's gonna also stream through the roof like yeah i don't know like did she do a james bond song because i'm sure she's gonna do another james bond song like she is just too too massive what i'm saying is like some album she puts out is not going to like inevitably she will disappoint if you go by numbers because she can't that means every like you know what i mean like she like sooner or later she can't just be judged on those because at some point you're competing against yourself and it's just so ridiculous. I'm more like, if she, like, now it has to be about the artistic situation for her. Yeah, I, I think I would agree. Um, I just, I don't see a world in which she doesn't, like, you know, start breaking. Like, you know, when you see those records, and I some of those records are kind of like those sports records where it's like, oh, the, mer- the, the biggest artist to sell, like, you know, this on a Tuesday or whatever. It's kind of like, what does that even mean? But, like, they're, somehow they find these records and she's breaking them. And I think she is just going to, you know, sell like, you know, eight billion records. Like, like I guess, like twenty one with seventeen times platinum in a bunch of countries, eight times platinum in a bunch, and then, but twenty five also went di- like she's going like diamond platinum every time. Like I, I don't know. She's she's just gonna go yeah crazy. But what Her I mean is, if she good. only sold fifteen million copies, yeah, you know what I mean. So like for yeah. her, for her long term discussion as an artist it has to be like because she's working with Raphael Sadiq John Legend I mean there's definitely you know we're looking at building a more artful sound right because right now it's the songs are good it's about her pipes but I I think there's a whole other situation she can move into yeah I think she's gonna start to experiment a little bit more on this that's what I'm talking about is really experimentation yeah but also, like, I, I don't want to say she's going to play it safe, but I think she's going to she's gonna experiment, but in her own way where it's palatable. Yeah, I mean, like, Raphael Sadiq is super fucking talented, right? Like, he's someone who can help craft, uh, you know, a little bit, like, of a more different sound, right? And I think yeah, that's why him and John Legend are, like, kind of interesting together, like, just from a musical point of view. Cause, um, yeah. you know what I, I want to see like just some of the like Raphael Sadiq solo stuff drip into, like some like more of the stuff he produces. And I think we're gonna get that. And like I think she's gonna give us a little bit more traditional R and B elements on here. Yeah. But like you know she has that really powerful voice, and I I don't know she's just gonna give us, like it's it's another one of those where it's like you're not gonna be able to. Take, escape it when it comes out yeah 
I'm glad I'm not even affected by the radio anymore in my entire life because you were walking through stores, you were walking through everything, you know, that, um, what's that song? I can't even remember. It's, they're all, they all blur into each other. I mean, I must admit, I'm not the biggest Adele fan. Um, but I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think of anybody in this generation who has even close to, um, the level of like the vocal range and everything that she has. She's like, obviously she's a massive talent. And I, I, I think for her, I mean, like a lot of these artists, they're big because we're asking, you know, where, I mean, for Lana Del Rey, it's more of where is she in the pop music landscape now, but like some of like a lot of these artists on here are all timers and it's just like where do they fit and what's in it for them in fact like plotting a way forward from an artistic standpoint versus a sales standpoint like as i get older and watch these artists get older i'm just like what is the where's the bar where what is the what is success what isn't success um it like for me it almost exclusively determined like um, is determined by the individual, you know what I mean, and what they're looking for. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, just like with her stat stature, like, like she is just like I just, you know, your mom's gonna go buy it. You're gonna listen to <laughs> yeah, it. Absolutely. Like it's just like you give it as a gift. Like it's and it's like she's perfect for all the award shows. She's gonna host all of those. She's gonna be on SNL. Like yeah, she's at the top of the top for artists. She you know. Her visibility huge. is yeah. Like, there's just like there's no like the only way I could see her like you know f missing the mark is like if she tries to do too much experimentally and people kind of turn on her. But I don't see that really happening. Yeah, the, so I think she's anything she's gonna do is gonna be like refined and palatable in some sort of way. I completely agree. On that note, Mr. Coburn, uh, twenty twenty one uh is gonna be. Do you have anybody else? Anybody else you wanna you wanna talk about? No, I mean, I think we we kind of we're hitting the 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 mark on like the big big artists. Um, we got some smaller stuff either. coming out. We uh, I know Slow, yeah. Slow Tie has a uh, has a song out. Um, uh, uh, Georgia Smith is apparently is gonna be putting out some more stuff. Yeah, there's gonna be a few like artists I think who are gonna kind of rise to prominence. It's gonna be interesting to watch because we don't have the shows, and so we don't have those you know people who are kind of breaking from doing shows or or you know certain things like that that are kind of like the traditional you know ways that we cross over so it'll be interesting to see who kind of pops up and i think there's a lot of people on our radar who we're gonna call early i think we should maybe even talk like a little bit about that later on um maybe in, in march or something like that about some of these new artists and maybe do like another look forward for for smaller art acts Ooh, i like that look out for that podcast anyways guys we gotta get going coburn thank you so much uh and uh try to try to chill out everyone try to uh stay healthy and we'll talk to you soon